Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, you have to understand, Paul is writing here to his spiritual son, Timothy, and uh, his exhortation to him as a spiritual son, son is every bit vital and alive to us today as it was when he wrote it to Timothy. And so, when we read a scripture like this, and it says, fight the good fight of the faith, we can be encouraged and really challenged in our walk. As I was thinking of all of you in this room, and I've said this over and over over the last six months as I've ministered, everybody in this room has a challenge. I I know oftentimes I talk about my own personal challenge because it's the only one I'm living out. But everybody in this room has a challenge has a battle, has, has something that you're going through uh, that requires you as a believer to find out if you're going to have the faith to walk out what the word of the Lord is over your circumstance. Can you say amen to that? Everybody has something happening in their life. Some are going through physical um, problems and struggles and ailments and diseases. Some are going through marital issues that are every bit as big as a, as a physical issue. Some are going through uh, problems with children and wondering, watching Mark get baptized there. We've been praying over Mark standing in agreement for his life for years. And uh, to, to see him make that uh, decision today, I mean, Mama Donna, Nothing but joy. But, Mark, it doesn't mean it's over today. Your battle's not over, man. Your battle really is just beginning. Because once you make that decision that I'm going to go all in for God, all hell is going to come against you. Amen? You say, I didn't come to church to hear that. I want to hear everything's going to be hunky-dory. Well, that's heaven. Okay? And unless you're ready to go to heaven today, that's not going to happen. We live in battles, man. We, we go from, from victory to victory because we go from battle to battle. You, listen, you can't have a victory without a fight. You, you, can't, you can't rejoice, lift up your hand and go, Woo, I won that one. If you haven't been through something. Tonight, I understand there's a football game going on. (laughs) And they're all full of talk right now. And there's a lot of hype. And each team believes with all that's within them that they're going to be the victor. (laughs) There's two brothers for the first time in the history of the NFL Super Bowl, two brothers playing against each other. One brother told the other brother, you better not blankety-blank look at me during the game. He didn't say blankety blank. Started with a letter and ended with a G. He said, don't even look at me. 
they're going to go nose to nose, toe to toe. They're going at it. But at the end, only one team is going to be shouting the victory. And next year, most people won't even remember who the other team was. Who, 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 did, who lost to, to whoever won? <laughs> How many of you believe Kansas City's going to win? Wait. <laughs> Who's the other team they're playing? <laughs> who, who believes the Eagles going to win? Who, who doesn't give a rip? I was in the lobby of the hotel this week, and uh, one of the men that was at the missions conference, uh, he was wearing a KC hat. And so I said something to him, and I'd seen him speaking to uh, Dominic Russo. And so I spoke to him. We were in the elevator. And... and uh, he told me he was a cousin of Dominic, and uh, then he started dropping names like crazy. Like, I was supposed to be impressed, but I didn't know any of them, so <laughs> he, he lost it on me. But anyhow, he, he was telling me that the owners of the Kansas City Chiefs are spirit-filled believers, love Jesus, man, love God, and, and of course, the quarterback loves God, and somebody else on the team, one of the players that uh, actually kicked for Florida, uh, plays on that team, and, and so... He was just going on and on about why they were going to win. And I said, you don't really believe that God cares, do you? Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely God cares. Well, I don't believe he does. I mean, I don't believe that it matters to him who wins. It's a game, right? But the battle you're in, God cares. That's good right there. The battle you're in, God cares way more than the Super Bowl. Whatever fight you're going through, Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight. Fight strong. Stand in faith. Believe. Don't quit. Don't give up. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says this. I, I've read this, preached this so many times, but this morning, as I was reading it, I saw something that kind of jumped out at me. Let me read the whole verse first. It says, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Everybody's read that. Three places in this one verse, Paul says, I have. I have. I have. He's making a declaration to his son Timothy. He's saying, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. My brother-in-law and, and Suzette, Suzanne's twin, were with us at this missions conference this week. And uh, yesterday, uh, matter of fact, yesterday was Suzanne and Suzette's birthday. So you want to say happy birthday to her? I won't sing. She'll love me forever if I don't sing happy birthday to her. So happy birthday, baby. I love you. And uh, she got to hang out with her twin on their birthday. And most of you know Suzette had a real battle this last year. Has fought ovarian cancer, been through surgery and chemo and and she's doing uh, well, And uh, but it was just great to be together. But Kirk and I were talking about this thing of faith and the battles that we face and the reality that, that no matter um, who we are, there are issues 
that we have to determine as believers that we're not going to quit it. And I say unto my brother-in-law, I, I do not understand once a person has surrendered to Jesus Christ, known his forgiveness, experienced his love, his mercy, his goodness, his grace. I don't understand how you walk away. What do you walk back to? I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand walking away from the only thing that brings eternal life, eternal peace, eternal joy, eternal hope, his presence, the goodness of God. What, what lie can the enemy bring? Which is why it's so radically important for us to contend for our faith. You got to fight for your faith. You can't just, all 13 of you that got baptized this morning, you can't just confess Jesus as Lord, be water baptized, and then just, whoo, everything else, just no problems. You're just going to breeze through life. No. We're going to have battles and fights and warfare, and we have to choose to contend, contend for that which has eternal value. I can't imagine waking up and not having his presence available for me. I can't imagine waking up with no hope for today. This last Monday on the other side of the Atlantic, a horrible tragedy took place. Turkey and Syria, over 25,000 people lost their lives. Over a thousand buildings collapsed while people were asleep in them. Pastor Savannah and Katie, our kids down in Tampa, were in northern Turkey when it happened, visiting Savannah and Katie. My immediate response when I woke up and heard what had happened was to text and find out, are you guys okay? And my heart immediately was, Lord, protect them. They're in northern Turkey visiting or were with Scotty and Maria, who, by the way, are doing fabulous. Scotty Wilbekin leads a prayer Bible study with a bunch of the professional basketball players and his wife. Maria leads a Zoom Bible study with not only wives of the husbands on her husband's team, but on several of the other teams in the Eastern European League. Maria leads a Zoom Bible study. Come on, somebody. Those are kids of our house. Scotty was born here. Puked all over me when I dedicated him. I'll never forget it, man. Ruined my jacket. I reminded him of that. I told Maria that when they actually got married. And, uh, but they are, they're doing tremendous. Matter of fact, we saw Katie sent a picture, and they're in a limousine. And I was like, what you doing in a limousine? She said, well, it's one of the perks of your son being the number one player in Eastern Europe. They pick him up for every game in a limousine and drop him off at the stadium. <laughs> Come on, somebody. 
Scotty needs to remember the rock school from which he learned to play basketball. That's all I got to say. Scotty, if you're watching, remember that. Stroke a check, baby, the rock school. <laughs> Amen, right? To whom much is given, much is required. But we have to contend for our faith. We have to fight because all hell wants to destroy you. And you cannot live on someone else's faith. You got to fight for your own faith. You got to stand in there. I'm thankful that I'm married for going on in a month or so. It'll be 44 years. And I am thankful that I have a wife who stands in agreement with me and we fight together. Now we fought each other a few times, once or twice over our married life. But we fight, we contend together for each other. Because that's the only way you're going to make it in marriage. You got to fight for each other instead of fighting against each other. We're going to do a, we're going to have a marriage getaway later this year. And because uh, we need it, we have to be reminded of these things. Because if not, you'll be like the guy who wrote me a text a few months ago and he said, Pastor George, it's it's so sad because 25 years ago I stood in the line I'm standing in today to get my marriage license. Today I'm standing here to get my application for divorce. That's not God. Not when two people claim to love Jesus. Somewhere along the line they stopped contending for the faith for their marriage. See, when, for us to fight the good fight... It's not just for our salvation or just for our healing. It's for whatever it is that we're walking through. God's grace has already been provided. It's sufficient for us if we grab hold of it and hang on and fight that good fight. Have to fight. I got a little ringing back up here, guys, if y'all can figure that out. Uh, Romans chapter Four, I'm going to skip that next one, guys. Uh, Romans chapter 4, I want you to follow along uh, either in your own smartphone, Bible, or on the screen up ahead. Beginning in verse 13. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace. Say grace. And be guaranteed to whom? To all his offspring. Not only to the inherit of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope. 
that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised, fully convinced that he was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words that was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, thank you Jesus, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Back to verse 18. It says, In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told, so shall his offspring be. Look at Abraham's life and the promise that God gave him. We read it today and we just think, no big deal. God spoke. Abraham went and left uh, his father and mother and his country and headed out. And then God told him to look up at the stars. He looked up at the stars. God says, I'm going to give you children uh, as more than you can count the stars or more than you can count the sand of the sea. And we read that and go, oh, yeah, Abraham, man, full of faith. But you think about it. Abraham's 100 years old. Mama's 90. And God speaks this word. It didn't just happen. It happened because he believed. And his belief, he had to fight. He had to contend. I could imagine the conversation him and Sarah were having in their tent. A lot of children in here, so I'm going to be real careful. <laughs> but there's some conversation going on. You got the energy? No, I ain't got it today. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't going to just happen. It wasn't like the angel coming to Mary and saying, oh, you're, you're going to be with child. And she says, yeah, I don't know how that's possible because I've never been with a man. Don't worry about it. Holy Spirit's going to come over you. That's not what the angel said to Abraham. He said, you're going to have offspring. What has the Lord said to you lately? What is it you're going through? What is it that you're believing for? What is it that you have to fight the good fight of faith to hang on to the promise of God? What word has been spoken See, a lot of folks love God and they come to church and they do their thing, but, but, but you haven't learned to contend for your faith. You're going through something and the only way you're going to overcome and walk out in victory is that you hang on to the word that God speaks to you. Say, so, well, pastor, I haven't had a word that God spoke to me. Well, then you haven't been in his word. 
You see, because if you get in his word, whatever your circumstance is, God has a word for it. Whatever it is you're going through, is it your marriage? Man, he's already given you promises through his word. If you will learn how to fight, contend, stand, love, forgive, quit being selfish, deal with your stubbornness. If you're going through a relationship with your children, man, you got you to gotta grab hold and hang on. Donna held on for a long time for Mark. We have prayed for Mark for years in this house. You got to hang on to it. The promise of his word for your children, for your grandchildren. Promise for your health. Promise for the life that he wants you to live out and the purpose in which he wants you to walk it out. I was talking to a young pastor at this conference, Kirk and I were laughing because we remember when we used to go to these things and we would be the young bucks. <laughs> now, now they reference us as the fathers. <laughs> and I'm sitting at, a, sitting, at sitting at a table and everybody around the table had started a church within five years or less. All of them are younger than my youngest son. They all have two or three or four or five little babies and they've all started works in cities where they believe God spoke to them and so the leadership at this there were about six round tables and they were trying to put the few older guys around in these tables where there were young bucks uh, that needed to hear something to encourage them and and after uh, we got through listening to one couple I mean it was heartbreaking what this young pastor and his wife had gone through over the last five years with their leadership team, with, with struggles and troubles and trials, and, and, and ready to give up. Matter of fact, the, the, the wife told um, Suzette, she said, I never wanted to be a pastor's wife. <laughs> that's, a, that's a rough place for a pastor to be when his wife doesn't want to be where he is. And she said, you know, when I met him, he was in business. And I was happy to be married to a man in business, going to be rich. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, after he gets me to marry him, then all of a sudden, it's like I'm thinking that I might be called to ministry. <laughs> and she said, we ain't rich. <laughs> Matter of fact, she said, we're struggling. And my heart went out to them, and I thought, if they don't have a sure word in their heart, they won't make it another five years. See, what are you going through that you need a sure word that no matter what happens, you're hanging on to that word? For me, it was a simple word. When I was diagnosed... Went home, y'all were having church, I'm out walking the, the, the neighborhood on Sunday morning, going through the struggles, what am I going to believe? What am I going to hang on to? When the doctors tell you that 
Without treatment, you're not going to live three months. With treatment, they hope you might make it a year. What word are you going to hang on to? You going to hang on to that word? Or are you going to cry out and say, God, do you have a word for me? <laughs> and God always has a word for you. He always has a word. And so for me, walking up that hill that Sunday morning and worshiping, all of a sudden feeling no pain in my back, wondering, was I misdiagnosed? Wondering, you know, what's going on? How could I have had so much pain last week and this week? There's nothing. God, have you already healed me? I'm ready to rejoice. And a clear, simple word. You're going through this. I'm going through it with you. But hear me. Man, that was awesome. That was awesome. Woo! I shared it with a bunch of you. And then when I finally got to preach, I shared that story. But in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we're going through this thing quick. Coming out quick. Three years, four months later, guess what? He's still with me. It wasn't my timing. It wasn't my plan. He didn't ask me what my opinion was. Son, how, how long you want me to walk through this with you? <laughs> I would have said, how about four months? <laughs> you know, let, let's just have a little testimony and then rejoice and move on. But it's still a battle. So everywhere I go this week with all these friends, pastors that I've met over the years, seeing them for the first time, some in many years, some since last year, and being asked the same story, well, how you doing? You ever been asked how you're doing when you don't want to be asked how you're doing? Because they don't really want to know? <laughs> or you're having to hang on to something even when your body doesn't seem to be lining up with what the word is. What are you going through in your marriage? What are you going through with your children? What are you going through in your finances? You need a word that you can contend for the faith over that word. This is the promise of God. If I will not quit, if I will not throw in the towel, if I will not uh, give up, his promises are yes and amen. Will you say amen to that? His promises are yes and amen. But you still have to fight. It's not like the Lord spoke and then you just don't have to do anything anymore. No, you've got to fight every day. You've got to contend every day. You can't grow weary in well-doing. Anybody besides myself ever grown weary uh, in the Word? You, go, you grow weary, but, but then you remind yourself, no, God's promises are yes and amen. God's word is bigger than this. So therefore, I'm going to find the strength within the word. Suzanne was uh, talking with, y'all remember our buddy Jedediah Thurner. Uh, Jedediah's mom and dad were there. And Jedediah's mom's been through a lot of health issues. Matter of fact, a bunch of the team uh, that was with me in Honduras uh, four or five years ago with the Mission Stop Meet 
um, remember um, Pastor Earl and Jana, and uh, she got really sick while we were there on that trip. Matter of fact, they thought they were going to have to medevac her home. She had, they had to have doctors from the hospital come, and, and uh, she's a little bit older than us, but she was going through a tremendous battle, and her immune system was just wiped out. And we're over in Honduras where things are not so clean and, and uh, the situation was difficult. And yet she grabbed hold of a word and she was sharing with Suzanne some of the things that she had learned in this process walking through. And she started telling Suzanne about this book that she had. And Suzanne said, oh, I bet it's the same little book that George has. And uh, she asked if it was... Um, Charles Capps book on uh, speaking the word over your situation and she said yes and and it, it it is a tool that the Lord put in my hand to help me to make sure that every single day I focus on his word over my circumstance you have to focus on his word over your circumstance the same way you have to fight see Abraham said hope he's let, let me he said in hope he believed against all hope that he should become the father of what God had spoken and then in verse 20 man I love this he said no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Let, let, let me tell you this. In the middle of your battle, you can give, your life can give glory to God. In the middle of the battle. Not when you get the victory, before you get the victory. It's easy to shout, woohoo, once you've had the victory. But what about when you're still in the middle of the battle? Can you shout the victory? Yesterday, I was talking with Jimmy Hughes in Zambrano, Honduras, and we were talking about this recent battle that Jimmy had. Most of you know he had a pretty massive heart attack while he was in Miami. He had brought a businessman from Honduras uh, that needed shoulder surgery. He was with the guy having shoulder surgery at the hospital when Jimmy had a heart attack. The doctor said, it's a good place to have a heart attack at the hospital. So he ended up uh, with a, a, a pretty significant open heart surgery. Uh, Oscar and I drove down uh, to do some hurricane relief and take food supplies and money uh, down in southwest Florida. And afterwards, we drove over the Everglades to Miami to visit Jimmy. And he's in the hospital, and he's split open from his belly button to right under his neck. And, and he's holding this pillow, and he's in a ton of pain, and he's got IVs everywhere. He's got IVs in IVs in other IVs, and he's got, you know, things in his nose, and he's just got stuff everywhere. And I looked at Jimmy and declared what he was already declaring over himself. Jimmy, you're going to live and not die. This, this is a battle, but victory's yours. Victory's coming. Yesterday, I, I texted Jimmy, and I said, can you talk? And 
he didn't respond for several hours. Actually, it was Friday. And uh, about four hours later, he called me. And he said, I'm so sorry, but he said, I was in a meeting with the top military officials of all of Honduras, and uh, they had asked me to come and to bring a word to them and pray over them. You see, the enemy wanted to wipe Jimmy out. God already had a plan for Jimmy to be used in ways, just like in your life. God has a plan. And you have to determine that you're going to fight for God's word over your circumstance, over your situation. You got to be willing to contend. And like Abraham, no unbelief made him waver concerning what? The promises of God. But he grew strong in his faith, giving glory to God. Let me ask you, what do you got to do to grow strong in your faith? What was it? You, you got to stay in the word, but faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? Just watching television? Wanting to know who's going to win the game tonight? No, no. Hearing of the Word of God. You got to get that Word in you, and you got to get in that Word every single day. Every day. In the Word. The promises of God are yes and amen. They're there. They're for us. But it's not going to happen just by, you know, a lot of people like to sleep on their Bible. Oh, I'm going to get a word. No, you're not going to get a word. You're going to get a crick in your neck. <laughs> it, it's not the cover of the word. It's not even you can open it like this and lay on it. Or some of y'all, y'all are so spiritual. Some of y'all put them up in the dash of your car so everybody can see you got a Bible. All you're doing is tearing your Bible up. The sun is having heyday on the Bible. It's the word you get in you that becomes the word that comes out of you. Amen? It's the word in you that becomes life. And all of a sudden you find yourself going, no unbelief in my battle. No unbelief. I'm choosing. Doesn't matter. You woke up today, you don't feel good. Doesn't matter. You're not moved by how you feel. You're not moved by your circumstance. You're not moved by when you open your checking account. It's bouncing. Because if you will get in God's word and obey God's word, ultimately you will see his blessing begin to overtake you. Begin to overtake his word. One of the couples that we were with in Maui, when I first met them about 22 years ago, we were in the process of helping Pastor Francis and Susie start the Rock of Roseville in California. And every year for 20 years, we flew out there and ministered. And every year, Pastor Francis would want me to teach and preach and minister out of the Word of God on the tithe, the offering, seed time and harvest, the kingdom of God, kingdom finances. And when I first met this couple, they were, they were, how poor is poor? They were, 
I heard Michael, what's his name, Michael J, Michael Jr. <laughs> I was watching Michael Jr., uh, Christian comedy comedian, and uh, <laughs> he said, he's telling a story about being raised by his grandma, and he said, we was Pope. He said, we couldn't even afford the two extra letters. We weren't poor. We were poor. <laughs> and, and, and this family was poor. And they got a hold of that word that I flew from Florida to California to teach and began to apply that word to their life. Today, that man and his wife have walked out and it didn't happen overnight but they walked out in obedience the word concerning being faithful with the tithe and the offering and he's probably personally for me personally to know him he's probably the wealthiest man I've ever personally met and he's one of the biggest givers I've ever known in my life. And he loves God. And they are faithful. And they walk out in obedience, God's word. And 22 years later, the fruit of their life is they no longer pope. They give they sow, they bless. And you know what happens when you begin to take God's word and believe it and act on it? You can't outdo God. You can't outgive God. You can't outbless God. If you are obedient to his word in due season, you will reap a harvest that comes from righteousness comes from contending for the faith. Abraham, verse 21, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. As I close this morning, hear me. Whatever it is that you're going through, first of all, don't think you're the only one that's ever gone through it. Because that's a lie from Hades. Secondly, whatever he's promised, begin to activate your faith to believe it. And don't try to live based on someone else's faith. Might come back and preach this next week. But you, you, you see, I'm thankful that my wife is a woman of faith who stands in agreement with me, but I cannot live my life based on my wife's faith. She can stand with me, agree with me, pray with me, put her hands on me. I mean, she can do it all. But you have to activate your faith for your circumstance and your situation. All hell is against us but all heaven is for us so if we don't quit we win if we don't give up we don't throw in the towel victory is ours God's timing 
is his. But you stand, you contend, you fight. You believe, you trust, and you hope. And ultimately, you will see God's provision in your life. Amen? Stand with me if you will. Just as it was accounted to Abraham for righteousness, his faith, your faith will do the same. Would you just bow your head for just a moment? I just want to speak to anyone in this room or those maybe watching online this morning, maybe even listening to a podcast this week. Your mama's faith, your daddy's faith, your son or your daughter's faith, your sibling's faith is not your faith. This morning, if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, God brought you here today for such a time as this. And I believe that Holy Spirit has dropped within your heart a seed of faith to help you to come to the realization that you need Jesus as your Savior. But you can't save yourself. You're not good enough can't buy it faith in God is a gift and this morning if you don't know Jesus know this he loves you and he desires to come into your life he's already paid the price he's already done what needed to be do, done for you to receive him as Lord and Savior of your life. Come a time when you will need to fight and contend for your faith, but today you need to receive faith in God through the grace that's given by the Holy Spirit to enable you to acknowledge I need Jesus to be my Savior. God loves you so much and He's for you and He desires good things beyond what you can even comprehend or think. But it begins not with you having a relationship with religion, being a member of the Rock or First Baptist or First Assembly or a Catholic church. It doesn't matter. None of those things will save you. We're saved by grace. Through faith in Jesus, the Son of God. This morning, I would love... It would be my joy to get to lead you in a prayer if you don't know him today 
He wants to come into your life. Every head bowed, believers are praying for you right now. And if you do not know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior, today, you can. By saying a prayer, confessing with your mouth, believing with your heart that Jesus is the Son of the living God, the promise is salvation is yours. If that's you today, no one's looking around. It's just be between you, me, and Father God. If today you would like for me to lead you in that prayer, would you just raise your hand and hold it for just a moment so I can recognize it, and then I will lead you in a prayer, and we'll invite Jesus to be Lord of our life. If that's you this morning, just hold it up nice and high. It's the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, come into my life. Yes, God bless you. Thank you. There's others of you this morning. Today can be the day when you surrender it all to him. If that's you this morning, let me lead you in a prayer. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? You're watching online today. Obviously, I cannot see you, but you can call the office. Let us know that you prayed this prayer with us. We'll rejoice and help you get you on the path of walking with God. Anyone else this morning don't want to rush through this, but it is the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. Every other decision is minimal. Yes, God bless you, sir. Amen. God bless you. God loves you so much. I made this decision when I was eight years old. I've never regretted it. I've never known a believer that really followed Jesus that ever regretted following Jesus, but I meet a lot of people whose lives regret the life they lived without the knowledge of the Son of God. Anyone else this morning? All right, I'm going to invite the whole congregation. Pray with me as we lead these few folks that have raised their hand today. If you didn't raise your hand, pray this prayer in faith anyhow. You can raise your hand another time or come down and speak to one of our leadership and just tell them, I didn't raise my hand, but I prayed the prayer. Pray this with me right now. Father God, in the name of your son Jesus, I come before you today asking for your forgiveness. Asking you, Father, to cleanse me, to heal me, to save me. I need Jesus to be Lord of my life. So Jesus... I invite you, come into my heart. I confess you with my mouth. I believe with my heart that you are the Son of God and that you're the only way to the Father. And so I choose you, Jesus. Choose salvation today. And I thank you for loving me, forgiving me, cleansing me. I choose this day to follow you all the rest of the days of my life. I surrender everything in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise for these. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.